And we're back to Heart Fails 73. Really excited about this. Oh no. Y'all ready for this? It's good to get the laughing out of the way right away because then you can know your levels. When you laugh, try to... That's a butterfly. It's coming right for us. Um, I have a special guest today. You were going to give me instructions on how to laugh. You turn away. Turn, turn Should I throw my head back? No, turn around, bright eyes. That's all you got to do. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, do, do the Victorian laugh. That's good. You have to laugh like that because they were wearing corsets and they couldn't, they couldn't, really, they couldn't really laugh. They, <laughs> just, they had to reserve their oxygen as much as they could. Who are you, by the way? Who are you? Why are wife. you here? You're my wife? How long has this been going on? I don't remember. Do you seriously not remember? Ten years Depending of, on when you... Ten years of meet ten over ten and a half years, mm-hmm. February to July. So yeah, ten and a half years of knowing each other, dealing with all the odors. You gotta laugh like the corset laugh. I can't do it. Okay, what's your name? Do you want to? What kind of name do you want to be used? What kind of by? Name? What kind of name do you want to be used by? Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. <laughs> That's not the name that I would first choose. You can call me by my first name. Which is... Jessica. Jessica. Excellent. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. How are you today? I'm... What have you been doing? I've been fixated on my new telephone. It's not called it. Nobody calls it that. We have a hummingbird in our yard. Yeah. That's a better distraction. Than, than the new phone. The terrible decision I may have made. It's not a terrible decision. Switching operating systems you just, is never You just didn't fun. listen to me. Well, that's, that's, that's the root definition of, of a terrible decision. <laughs> For me, I need to hold the laugh in because if I let it out, it just all over the place. <laughs> Much better. Okay, we're three minutes into this. I am on, we are on, we are on our deck to keep with the, uh, what, what's the possibly structurally unsound deck? It's never done anything other than Nobody has ever, move. nobody has ever hurt themselves in any way on our deck. So we're, we're using the microphones. See, wow, I'm just going to show this to you because I can edit it out. But just me doing like deep voice. We're going to do that like do wow. a lady sounding voice. We're going to do it like this. See, it doesn't make very much difference. How can your voice be louder? I don't know. I think it's because your lungs are bigger. <sighs> We're on our deck. We're outside. We're trying the lava test. The, lava the t- outside lava test. Lavalier. 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 It's a fun word to say. Where does that? Well, I don't know what it's it irrelevant means. Irrelevant where the origin. I don't okay, know. but you agreed to do this with me, so thank you. Yeah, it's not like me. This is very unlike me. <laughs> to 
very true. <laughs> but it's just get into your head that we're just having a conversation. Okay. Because we come out here every morning and we have coffee and we watch our new hummingbird, The Nest. Yes. Which you might be able to see from... From the podcast. You might be... <laughs> One of the things that James and I talked about off the air or off the podcast was that we actually like our wives. <laughs> like we genuinely like our wives and how there's so many people, whether it's their wife or their husband, that they just get together with friends and all they want to do is complain about their spouse. Well, maybe they're not... Uh I shouldn't defend that kind of action, but maybe they're trying to... You can see where they're coming from. No, that wasn't what I was going to say, but maybe they're trying to... It's their way of, you know, venting a, a frustration, but rather than, you know, having an intimate conversation with a close friend or actually discussing with your wife the issue, they think it's appropriate to just... You it's funnier this way, or it's a sitcom or something. They're not... You wrote a book that you haven't actually written, but it's already done in your head. A relationship, advice, a marital... There's two chapters, and both parties have to read both chapters of the book. And the first chapter is use your words, and chapter two is listen to the words. Because using your words doesn't work if somebody's not caring enough to listen. I actually wasn't aware of chapter two, so this is news to me. <laughs> because originally when you told me the story or you told me about the oh, book, maybe. it was titled, Use Your Words. And then, or no, I can't remember the title actually. Maybe it didn't have a title, but it was a, it was a marriage book. And then one chapter, Use Your Words, close the book, done. Maybe it was like the sequel to the book so that you could sell more Ooh, was see, like that's a good the idea. second step. Maybe that was part Listen, of the joke. I'm a big fan of writing books that have longer titles than actually the content. <laughs> so the title that's could be something along funnier. the lines of The Secret to a Happy Marriage Throughout All Generations. Chapter one, use your words. The end. People don't like to use their words because they want, they want a romantic story like a, like a movie or a song to be their life, you know. And then if you have to use your words, that's boring because now you're explaining things. You know, in a romance movie, somebody just senses everything, and then perfection and lighting and music happen. And there's a lot of times where women get the vapors. Yeah, and then there's editing so that nothing awkward ever happens. It's just... Have I done? Oh, I think I have the vapors in the podcast yet. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> now you've done it, so it's just... Sounds like something you've done. I'm working on that. You know how it's sometimes when you have a sneeze and if you're in like a board meeting or in like a really public, I'm always quiet... always going to board meetings. <laughs> You have a lot of meetings. <laughs> you know how you're in a public situation where it's really quiet, and if you do something like sneeze, everyone's going to hear it. And then they look at you, and all <laughs> it's awkward. So have you ever done the, I'm withholding my sneeze? Like you do an in, you hold in the sneeze. Like yeah. that's what we have to do. We have to hold in the laughter. Oh, 
Yeah. It's like, okay, make me laugh. I have no idea how to make you laugh. That's not true. That was actually our very first date before we ever met each other. We we had a text message kind of conversation while you were eating Chipotle and playing on your Blackberry and watching Big Bang Theory or whatever kind of thing. And uh, you made me laugh. You said you, you agreed to the date, first of all, that oh, right. you invited me on. Yeah, how did that Because I threw up the softball on Monday. So it was Monday I threw up the softball of, hey, I live right next to a sushi restaurant. If you ever want to get some sushi, like, you can come right down here. And the very next day, you sent me a message and said, yeah, actually, it would be really wonderful to go have sushi with you. And I, it was a longer message, but it boiled down to like me saying, hey, I'm really excited to meet you and see you and talk to you tomorrow. And you saying, do you remember? It's a, it was something about... Yes, but I think my mom is coming, or can I bring my mother? No, you what just said, it? I'm really excited, and so is my mom. Oh. She's coming, too. <laughs> it was so funny. I have never laughed at a text message more than I have, because it was so just blatant, like, yeah, I'm excited, and my mom is, too, because she's coming. It is funny. And we're both in our 30s. That's why it's funny. <laughs> I partially thought your mom was going to be. <laughs> okay, we're 10 minutes into this. Well, you're going to edit some of these. Not necessarily. Well, some of it, yeah. But the reason that I wanted you, I have to bring up my phone now because I wasn't planning on this. We received feedback on the last couple podcasts. And some of the feedback was. Well, the feedback was awesome, all of it. But there was one thing that I really wanted to cover, and I decided with James that I was going to cover the first part of the feedback. But with you, it would be... Because I think we've set you up already. Is there anything else that you want to tell anybody who might be listening to this? Not really. Nope. Excellent. So I'm not going to mention names, but I'm just going to read this message, and then you and I are going to talk about this, and this is going to be awesome. That was a message that was sent to you, to your email. Correct. For, oh, to the heartfails73 at gmail.com. Heartfails73 at gmail.com. We would love your feedback. Thank you. Good setup, honey. Yeah. So I'm going to read part of this, and then we'll just stop. Sorry, there's a lot of birds out here, and I just got distracted by one. So many flights. It was so beautiful. So many flights today. It's such a great line. The wonderful listener wrote, When my nieces were in high school, their youth group went around to a number of churches canvassing for them. They did activities after, but at least it revolved around God's word. In the winter, my church pushed together a bowling party and swimming and after Sunday school and a few other activities for Sunday school kids. The choir director plans those Sundays for the kids to sing, hoping they will show up. Sunday school numbers go down after the Christmas service because one-third of the kids are in hockey, another one-third just don't come, leaving the same few to attend every Sunday or every other because of whatever reasons. Anyway, most of the kids don't show up to church, but show up to the fun activity, and those that are not regulars show up to just the activities to get the free playtime. I think that's the stopping point, because we both grew up in different churches, but 
uh, churches. Right. We we both did you attend like youth group kind of stuff or yeah yeah okay what was your kind of experience? I don't remember a lot about being a kid, but I remember having a lot of fun. There were activities like what kind of activities? So we had some weekend retreats or like a, what was a, a weekend retreat? They always did them. So like they had one and they were it was topical so it was like the I can't even really remember the different subjects that were the white about. elephant gift exchange the, um, you know the the sex the no sex before marriage discussion retreat about how you know that was like the topic of the weekend how old were you when this was going high on high school okay this was a high school thing yeah okay how about younger than high school though was it were because you you were at a church yeah but there was Sunday prior school. to high school or prior to what like third or fourth grade yeah I went to private school for a few years but then that school closed down right right and then you switched to another bigger church but that wasn't connected to a school correct and then so now you're talking about the bigger church right now right that's okay. what I remember just because it was more recent and there was more involvement and so it, you don't it was big enough where there were lots of different choirs and we had to go through our confirmation classes which took I think three years and there were you know little events food drive that kind of thing one of the things that we talked about earlier this morning because we actually had this conversation all already which is why I wanted to record it but Oh, see, now I lost the thought. So you said you went to the fun events. Yes. And that was like your only thing was let's go hang out and do shuffleboard with so-and-so. Yes. And that's why you were there. I was there for the fun events because I wanted to be there and you're adding yep. on to that. Well, because my thinking, and I get that there's a lot of discussion about all the, the fluff that goes on and how it's not the greatest thing and I just can't let go of that I think I not disagree but I feel like it is somewhat beneficial because I would say actually word that stronger you said it's strongly beneficial I, I did because especially after you told me that story I said I can't get it out of my head that it's such a good thing because look at the people that you were hanging out with then and you're still connected to them today. At a really small school, too. A small too. school, and you can re even if you weren't still connected, you can reconnect with them very easily. You remember each other, you know each other. We were building up a relationship by doing these fun things it, in a church setting, which, yeah, like you rightly pointed out, and I made a joke about what well, I went because I liked the girl that was there. And you thought that was funny because was you very, know this girl. I know her, and I can see why anyone, and it's very, it was really kind of a cute thing. I should interject, this girl was not you. No, but it was so cute that he said that, and, and they're just really great people to know. And I just thought, what if you didn't go there? What if that event wasn't there, and you didn't get to... Play shuffleboard. Play shuffleboard and do these fun little things and with people who we don't know if they were Christian at the time or if their parents were, but it is a church and Christian environment and they were going to the school with you, a Christian school. I feel it is beneficial to, to grow up and to do social activities. 
And I completely agree to an extent. Right. It's um, not the the first thing. It's the this is what we do as a congregation for fun because we're a strong congregation and we also want to spend some time with other Christians in social settings. The funny thing to add on to that was that at the time it was a much stronger because the congregation the school is not there anymore the congregation is still there uh last time james and i were talking about evangelism and he in his congregation they have a pretty uh it's it's a pretty vibrant congregation they have a lot of attendance they have a lot of activity even if only 10 percent of the people are doing 90 percent of the work it's still from a certain standpoint, still a strong congregation. Like there's a lot of involvement in general and they do have a, a, a well-attended youth program and they are doing these fun things and all that kind of stuff is going on. So it's easy for me to look back at my childhood and remember these kind of things and say that the youth program that I grew up in, despite the fact that it wasn't that strong, it's non-existent now in the church. Like there's nothing in the church as far as I'm aware of, despite the fact that I'm not actually going to that church anymore. But I have family members that are. And just by paying attention to what is going on, it's not disturbing isn't the right word. Disheartening right. to kind of see not just that there's no youth program, but even the adult involvement is negligible there's really when when we attended there do you remember your comment or can i say it i think i said something like is this a, a dying congregation and i actually took issue with that and i said no you don't understand like what happens is that yeah there's like nothing going on here but at the same time what kind of happens is somebody passes away an older member of the congregation passes away and they leave a lot of money to the church and the church is able to continue going because financially they're sound like i kind of took it from the standpoint of like dying like oh they're broke and they don't have anything going on but that wasn't what no, you were talking about I, at well, all might, right i mean that might have entered into my thoughts but i just looked around the room and i kind of thought well where is everybody because the last church I'd really attended for an extended period of time was growing and growing because the community was growing so I guess that kind of makes sense with population but it was full there were yeah. full. there were two services on a Sunday in this big new Pack. structure and and they were it was there are people there. You look around and you you saw people and you saw the same people. And and then you went to a similar church that sat 300, 400 people or whatever, and there's 60 people there. And that's very noticeable when there's only 60 people in a church that sits 300. And it's very noticeable when 20 of those 60 people are over the age of 60. Right. And the other 20 are under the age of 10 like they're there with mom and dad so you have a 20 person congregation that's around our age and we're that age and we're looking around and yeah where is everybody 
But one of the things that we did see is the service, the liturgy, the sermon to a certain extent. Different pastors and preachers have different styles and somebody might like one style a little more than another. So I'm not talking about the style, but what we witnessed in there was most likely exactly what you grew up with. Is that a fair statement? Probably. I mean, I guess it's hard to remember exactly what we learned and talked about. So we didn't attend that church. We actually then went, we bought this house in the city that we live. <laughs> in a different city. And a, we, yeah, because we were living closer to that church. We were living in the capital, St. Paul, Minnesota, to throw a shout out to St. Paul, Minnesota. And we, it was much closer for us to go to my, my church that I grew up with. Um, we had been to your church where you went to different activities and you grew up and basically that's where we had our kids baptized was your church. It became, well, let's go to my church because I haven't been there for years. You necessarily hadn't been to your church for years as well. And so we went to each church and it basically was, I think, we both agreed we don't really like either of them. We don't like the growing one and we don't like the dying one. To a certain extent, there was right. an uneasiness in it's, both of it's them. It's hard to say we don't like it. I guess you're it, right, yeah. It, sound, it makes it, ooh, I don't like that. It's not, it wasn't like. There was an uneasiness. It didn't feel for, familiar. Is there yeah. something, is, there some, is that the right way to describe it? Because my church, it didn't feel familiar anymore. It didn't feel like your church. Yeah, and it, well, it's probably because I had It didn't feel like home, I guess, is one of the, like, there's a lot, like, welcome home, like, you're here at home, like, this is your church family. That's that's a lot of the, what's the term, slogans or whatever that's, Maybe. that's yeah. used in churches nowadays. We, we didn't, I can say for myself, I didn't feel like either one of them was home. So when we switched churches to a different church that was the same synod as the one that I grew up with, there was a different feeling. There was this feeling that this is more of a... Um, is it comfortable? Is it... It's comfortable. It's, it it's, it's healthy. It's, people are involved. And this is kind of where I think um, James comes from as far as his church goes. He feels very comfortable. He's been at his church for... 20 some years and he's been very involved and that's his home that's his family and when you are planted in a church or a congregation and you do have all these connections you've built up this relationship with other people in the congregation with hopefully other christians you have this firm foundation in christ and you are growing in Christ, not just with your, I'm uh, uh, not atomic. My mind wants to say atomic Nuclear family. Nuclear family. Nuclear. Thank you. Nuclear. Yep. <laughs> Central. Central family, but in your Christian, your brothers and sisters in Christ as well. There's this huge benefit of growing together in Christ. And even if you have disagreements in your nuclear family or 
your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're going to have disagreements. Do we and do you and I ever fight, honey? We've Does that, never had a disagreement. No, we never have. Have I ever been wrong about anything? I doubt it. Good. Correct answer, honey. <laughs> know your role. Because I'm the head of the household, and that's what the head of the household does. The woman is the neck. The woman. She turns the head. Is that a saying? That's from from my big fat Greek wedding. Oh. She said, the man is the head of the household, but the woman is the neck. She can turn the head whichever way the head needs to be turned or something like that. James and I have actually had this conversation that our number one critic and our number one person that we should always listen to as far as earthly people is our wives. Because the wives support the head. Because you know, you know me, and I think James would agree with this, you know me better than anybody else, better than my parents, better than my best friends, Better than the people on Facebook, even. If you can even, even Facebook. <laughs> fill, the, fill the gap. I can't. I fill the gap. Mind. I didn't say mind the gap. Mind the gap. Fill the gap. So. Uh, yeah. So. Where are we going with that? Oh well, the the the, the church family. Oh, we got up. We got off. If we get off so, track so, we, so we so we joined. Well, yeah, okay. but that that was the root of this. So, the um, her the 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 wonderful listener who listened. No, wait, she did listen. She followed your book, honey. She listened to the words. Yeah. One of the listeners sent feedback, and so we read most of that, talking about the fun things. And the evangelizing and how it's tied together with. So you are very much. A proponent of that recognizing the benefit in that and I completely agree I'm gonna guess yeah. that James completely agrees as well that there is a benefit to just going snow tubing to just having some sort of fun act like derby cars was one of the things when we were kids they I think they still do it Here comes like you a child. I think she wants to know if it's her turn. Yes. Can you go inside and play? Wait, let me use a cheesy... I'm going to just cut this out. Yeah, you can. Go for it. We were talking about the fluffy stuff. Snow tubing, derby Derby races, all those kind of... We did shuffleboard. We did lock-ins is one of the things that you mentioned. Yeah, we did that. All those... uh, Because you can be social with kids and teenagers teenagers honestly i felt like and maybe when you're young enough too young to work but too old to like play with toy you know when you're a teenager there's that stage where what do you do you have nothing to do you're never too old to play well, with okay. gi joes well that's not your true. body just doesn't let you go on the ground and lay there with your children because you can't get up then, and your body aches and says, what are you doing? But do you know what I mean? Where I are you going to yeah, go? I do, yeah, no, completely. Let's have some place, something to do. Together with people that you know share the same values. Yes. and That people will, to, to from a worldly standpoint, I'll use this, 
will behave themselves. It's not perfect. Correct. There's a benefit to getting together with people and from a worldly standpoint, just... I know from experience that people were doing activities involved in a Christian organization simply because they knew, or let me make it more personal, I knew that I could get away with things outside of adult supervision that wasn't an option for me at all times. I knew that, hey, I could get together with friends or with a girlfriend, and we're not going to have too much adult supervision. That's so dangerous. Yeah, that's not... That's not to blame the organization or the church. That's to blame me, myself. But I went through the system, and that's why I'm so adamant about this. I got together with people, and I did fun things, and I built up relationships, and we played shuffleboard, and we had lock-ins, and we did all this different kind of stuff. And as far as my spiritual growth, it was negligent. Right. This is just me speaking. That doesn't mean that other people didn't find acceptance and friendships and grew spiritually and all this kind of stuff. This is just me talking. I know that the spiritual growth did not happen with me. That's not to blame the church or the organization. That's to blame myself because I didn't care. I was selfish and I was prideful and all I wanted to do was what I wanted to do. Now, the urgency in my message is if there's one other person, there's one other kid who has been confirmed and who has the similar mindset of me, I want to talk to that kid. I want to talk to that kid's parents. I want to say, don't take it for granted that your kid goes to a private school, that your kid attends church every Sunday, that your kid is involved in the youth group, that they're, they're so excited to go to the youth group activities and they think it's so fun and they think it's so great because it doesn't matter. As far as spiritual growth, it doesn't matter. I would actually be firmly from the stance, I would say, it, I lost the thought now, is <laughs> what I would say. I, I would firmly say that it starts in the home more right. than anything else. It is my responsibility as the head of the household to make sure that not only my children, but that my wife, that our entire household is firmly grounded in the truth. That is my responsibility. That is not the church that we attend. That is not the activities that we do. That is not the friendships that we have. It starts with the head of the household who is the father. I'm fully aware that there's people, there's families, there's Christians, that their father, the head of the household, might not be, might not even be a Christian. Right. So that's where, okay, well, is this a blanket statement? Unfortunately, it's a, it's a truth. It's a biblical truth. But I fully understand that there are people out there who don't have a Christian father. There are people out there who maybe are single parents, who are, both parents are working. They don't get to spend as much time with 
our children as I get to spend with our children. That was rude to spend time their with ch- their children as much time as I get to spend time with my children. That was a decision that we made right, right from the beginning. We recognized you have a more solid, firm foundation as far as a work schedule. You're going to go to work. I'm going to stay home and take care of our kids and raise our kids. And that was tough for a young a number of years because we weren't bringing in the bucks. Like we were not making money as far we were I think it's fair to say we were probably according to the definition at poverty level. Probably. And based on how many people were living on that in that amount. yeah. Yeah. And even now, we actually were talking about it earlier. Even now, we're probably at the we we're we're getting by level of income, as far as is that true? I mean, I don't know. I think it's true as uh, as far as American society okay is concerned. But what do I say every day to you and the kids? That we are richly blessed, or. What exactly do you say? We don't want for anything. Right. We are so blessed, overly blessed, as far as our house, our food, our clothing, our bunny that you might be hearing chewing on the the cardboard right now. We have a we have a deck bunny named Coco who lives out on our deck, our twenty by twelve foot, apparently not structurally unsound. <laughs> deck. Whoever built it did a, somehow. They did an okay job that it's lasted, but it's not up to code as far as modern day code is concerned. So, my beautiful wife, how do you feel about this? What What are your thoughts on, what are your thoughts on the head of the household? What are your thoughts on the responsibilities of the head of the household? You don't well, have to get biblical on it. I'm just looking for your opinion, your thoughts. Yeah, I agree. I think the the man is the head of the household. And sometimes I think if it would appear differently to outsiders, even non-Christians would sort of, they kind of tilt their head and go, ooh, what's going on there? Do you think it's based on a wrong understanding of what it means to be the head of the household? Well, it could be. As far as, yeah. well, like I can, I can kind of make it personal. Like I have a relative who at her wedding vows, um, what was, what's the line that? Oh, decided not to say. Submit to your husband or. Obey. Yeah. Oh yeah. She said. Because it was. Love, cherish and obey. Is that the three? Love, honor and love, obey. Love, honor and obey. And she refused to say obey. She said, I'm not going to obey my husband. He's not the boss of me. And this was in a Christian ceremony. Yeah, and I can see where uh, from the outside, if you're not really understanding, it sounds like someone's just going to domineer over you and tell you what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And And she's an independent woman. Yeah, well, and if that's true, then why are you... I'm no I'm well I'm no, just saying just, I'm saying in the sense that I refuse to do this because th- it can be abused and not I'm not even going to set myself up to be abused in this way. 
So it's, it's a response to a perceived negative that possibly isn't even there. Right. Is, 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 there, is there a negative in your experience? <laughs> I assume that I just wanted an audience for our marital therapy here. <laughs> Not going to take that one, huh? <laughs> Speak now or forever hold your peace. Oh, that's for somebody else. You're really not going to say anything, huh? I don't, I don't know what to say. If someone's mistreating their spouse... No, I was saying about you your doing? personal experience. Oh. I was making it personal, honey. I... We've had fights before. We've had many fights before. We've had so many fights where your husband was at fault. Agreed? Yes. We've had few fights where maybe somebody else involved was at fault. Probably Agreed? Very few. <laughs> very <laughs> Agreed, though? Yeah. Excellent. Moving on, then. We got about 10 minutes left. And then, would you do this again? Are you having a nice time? It is fun. I don't know if I... I'm not going to make any <laughs> vows about the, just <laughs> I'm not going to make any promises to you. <laughs> vows or promises? <laughs> I... I've been down that road before. What's the line? Isn't there like a line from a movie like, my marriage day was the worst day of my life. It's been downhill ever since or something like that. It sounds like a old-timey like comedian or something. Yeah, it sounds like a Farrelly Brothers or an old-time comedian or Coen Brothers or something like I can't think of the movie, Each day though. Each better than the next. <laughs> Each day. <laughs> That's the light. Each is day that, is better than the next. Yeah, from a movie. <laughs> Which movie? Something though? about Mary. There's Fairly Brothers. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So each day is better but than the next. Ben Stiller kind of. What? Why did he just? I think we got to focus on this. We didn't even finish the email, or the yeah, the the email. Most kids don't show up to church. Okay, so I read that already. It's sad as it's not the kids' fault, but the parents who, as one child put it, they just didn't want to get up this morning. Some think that the church should be entertaining, convenient, and we control our own destiny. So not the case. I think that's a good place to end it. Um, There's more to the email. I think James and I are going to cover the first part, and then maybe you and I can cover the next part next time if there is a next time. Every relationship has its rocky moments. However, if you have your foundation in the rock, the one true rock, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, no matter what relationship you have, whether it's with a spouse or children or family or friends or your extended Christian brothers and sisters in your congregation or in other congregations, other denominations. I'm really pushing home this this whole denominational wall that's in Protestant denominations. So every episode, I'm just going to keep on talking about this. Okay. But that's, that's the key. Would you agree that... If we are firm in the rock, built on the rock, 
that's the only way to actually overcome differences conflict disputes, disputes? yeah yeah okay yeah there we go my wife always finishes my sandwiches correct but is, is, that's, I think that's an apt statement for any Christian, for any, especially Christian parent. You don't, uh, let me rephrase that. You don't necessarily have to have kids. You have a husband and wife relationship. And you're going to have a miserable, not just marriage, but life. If you're constantly looking at the other person and saying, what is that person doing wrong? I'm actually telling you this right, right now, J Jessica. Yes. You're going I'm, to have... When I look... <laughs> you're constantly looking at me. Thinking about... <laughs> all of my faults. You're never, you're never going to be able to look at your phone and fix it. Oh, my You're, you're going to be so wrapped up in all of my faults. <laughs> Sounds like a something I don't want to spend my time on. I would not recommend it at all. <laughs> Somebody could be doing that about me right now. And that's not their job, right? Right. What is your job? To obey. I'm kidding. Don't look at me. That's, <laughs> that's like an easy layup that you just, you didn't even hit the backboard or the rim or anything because you're sporty, right? I married. I married. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do one? I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna go to sports. <laughs> she rips off the microphone and yes. storms away. You promised me you weren't gonna talk about sports. Sports references, never. That should be funny for anybody that knows me because anybody that knows me from grade school or to some degree high school, they should know that I'm somewhat athletic mm -hmm. and I married a complete... No one would think that about me yeah. probably on any level. Because all this theory about, oh, you should share, you should marry a spouse who you have common, common interests and common hobbies and all this well, kind of stuff. some things. Some you things. You have to have something in common. I would say the key to any relationship is you have to first be friends with them. You have to enjoy and you have to like talking to them and spending time with them. And thankfully, I have been blessed with a spouse who is willing to, willing to sit here with me for 45 minutes up till now and just talk. Yes. And we do, this, we do this basically most mornings where you're not working. Right. We just come out here on the deck and, you know, before the kids come out or while the kids are playing video games, we can do it as well. Right. And we can watch our bunnies sleeping, just flopping down. We can watch our hummingbird nest. Sometimes there's turkeys and deer and wombats. Wombat. I don't know if we have a wombat. We have a woodchuck. Well, there's a fox. And there's a fox and a coyote. And coyote. My wife. Whom obeys me? Do you agree with everything that I've said? I think so. You tell me, honey. Do I? Do I? <laughs> what do I do next? Please, almighty master, tell me. That's, okay, That's in all seriousness, though, the, 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 the negative attitude of a wife obeying or submitting to her husband comes about 
from the negative aspect or the wrong perception of what it means for a Christian husband to be the head of his family. If a Christian husband is the head of his household, if it's even just a husband and a wife, he will love and honor and die for his wife. And he won't ever abuse her mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually, because that is not what Christ did for the church. Christ died for the church. And the, 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 the epistle where it says, Husbands, love your wives as, love, as Christ loved the church. That's exactly what it's talking about. I, as the head of this household, as your husband, am to die for you. Emotionally, spiritually, physically. I'm supposed to do everything I possibly can to lead you in paths of righteousness from a godly perspective not from a worldly perspective right and that's where it gets distorted as people think that they need to do this in a worldly fashion and that's completely missing the point and that kind of gives a nice little turnaround to the thing that we didn't talk about in the extent that we should have which is fun activities in church for youth and all that kind of stuff doing worldly fun things there's a benefit to that. I think every Christian will agree there's a huge benefit to that, but it needs to be grounded in the rock, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And it needs to not only be grounded in it, you need to focus on that. And that's where I, I, I firmly believe that most churches, I would probably even say most families that I know, they're not getting together and gather, gathering in a daily Bible reading, study, worship. And that would be my encouragement to every single family out there. Yes. Go to the Word of God together as a family. It starts in the home. It carries over with your friends and family then because your children will feel more confident going out and making disciples of all nations, even as a child. And I have this feeling that most kids, especially most confirmands, might not be too comfortable giving the gospel message to a stranger or a friend or a family member that they know rejects it or seemingly rejects it or possibly doesn't know it right yeah i don't i don't think i would have been as a are you teenager now? maybe more than then but you've like been in you that position before that well i don't get into that position very often of having to it's difficult with your work well, especially you're not supposed to really yeah that's a tough Thing to a majority of people that you have interactions with because you work, work yeah you not. work long hours and you have had discussions sure. but you have to be very mindful of reading the other person's reaction because especially nowadays you can get in a lot of trouble 
by taking work time to focus on certain subjects. Well, you shouldn't really be taking away from work time Correct. anyway. That's because not proper. that would be stealing. Well, right. And then what are you doing? You're stealing time. Right. So that's different. And I don't see people very often other than that. You don't see anybody I except... I just don't... It's not really a... Shiny, happy person right across from you. Yes. Shiny because of the... Lack Your of eyes. hair. Oh, oh, my eyes. <laughs> my head. That I don't know if I got burnt yesterday. We went to an outdoor pool yesterday. <sighs> this evidence will be used against me, possibly. Do you fear? Fear what? Coronavirus. No, I mean I don't want to get sick. That's unpleasant. You don't want. You don't want to get sick. I don't want anyone to get sick. I think but I would I'm agree. Afraid of it. Why not? <laughs> She's trying to play off of my facial expression. Because you do that, like. <laughs> Everybody was. <laughs> we should maybe have like a, like a time delay camera, on both people, or if we have three or four people in the podcast, and just take a picture every like 30 seconds and then we could post it on the podcast website or whatever at oh. different times and you'd have these great facial expressions to share with everyone my flesh and my heart may fail but god is the strength of my heart and my portion forever last words to my beautiful wife let the record show that all that was happening was an eye roll it wasn't an eye roll it wasn't looking up to the corner because you were thinking because i forgot that you do last word and you're supposed to say something lovely and thoughtful like go and make disciples that's what james said last time and you could say and i think i have the vapors the, the, the vapors what's your line from harvey how about that what did he say? One of, one of my wife's favorite movies. My dad's favorite movie of her all dad. time, probably. Then he'll probably, if he hears it, he'll he'll be upset that I got it wrong. But um, Elwood, his mother, he says that my mother told me that in this world, Elwood, you have to be either oh so smart or oh so pleasant. He chose to be pleasant. My wife is both. 